Welcome into Bearcat Rewind, episode number 56 of the podcast coming to you today. Right now, Northwest Missouri State Athletics and really the MIAA as a whole, um, kind of in that their little holiday lull with Christmas coming up right around the corner. They're not playing right now. So we're going to go a little bit in a different direction with today's podcast, and we're bringing on from the Northwest Missouri State Athletic Department Head Strength and Conditioning Coach Joe Quinlan. We also have Assistant Athletic Director for Media Relations Colin McDonough joining us today as well. Since we are going into Christmas and we're recording this on December 22nd, uh, tomorrow is actually Festivus for the Seinfeld fans out there. So we thought, why not go ahead and come out with the, the Seinfeld roundtable? So it feels only fitting that right now we're, we're talking about Seinfeld in, in one of the greatest sitcoms of the 90s and of all time, right? Of course. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so this will be a fun conversation, and it kind of goes back, uh, I don't know, I think it was this about this time last year, Joe, we were on a trip for women's basketball. We talked a lot about Seinfeld, and it kind of started there. And then a lot of basketball trips with UConn, talking about Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David, one of the creators of that, as well as Seinfeld. And so I'm not sure how we got to the point of deciding to have a podcast about it, but I'm glad we did because I've been looking forward to this one for quite a while. I so. think we can have some fun. Uh, just a matter of how long can we keep this going. Is it a 10-minute? Is it 15 uh, I would hate to shortchange something like this, so hopefully we can go uh, for a long time. And, and if you have any extra thoughts, I mean, we can always just bring this back next year, and we'll just make it kind of a holiday tradition, I think. But first, before we get too deep into it, we want to let you know that Bearcat Rewind is brought to you by the Northwest Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. More information available on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu alumni and Clarinda Regional Health Center offering support to Southwest Iowa and Northwest Missouri each day during times of uncertainty through emergency services and a local team of providers and nurses. More information at clarindahealth.com. Now we'll head into kind of one of the more bizarre episodes of Bearcat Rewind we have. I guess the bizarro world of Bearcat Rewind as we open up with our Seinfeld Roundtable. And Joe, I know that we had talked about it before. There's a lot of dedication to the, to the, the show, and there are a lot of people that love it. Not many people, I think, that would get out a VHS tape and record every single episode as they go. Yeah. My, um, starting back, this is, I mean, now we get into Netflix and a lot of these, um, where you can, I mean, YouTube even getting in and you can find any clip you want. Like even leading into the show, I could type in any saying, Seinfeld in any saying, and it'd pull up about a four or five minute clip. So, um, my roommate in college, I won't say names because I don't want to. Uh, get him in trouble. I'm sure he's uh, busy, he's, but he's my financial advisor now, so <laughs> I trust him with everything, and it started with Seinfeld. But he uh, went to DMACC um, before he transferred to Northwest here, and um, he started recording, I want to say it was 97, he said, and I talked to him about this, and uh, they'd have the new shows, and then they'd have reruns of the late shows. Um, and he just wouldn't record, he would record and then pause at commercials, which if you know VHS, that is pretty impressive. And um, he ended up recording uh, nine tapes of continuous, and I think there was three commercials in those nine tapes. And it's one of those, you're like, what the heck, they actually have a commercial here. Um, but at the time, you know, 22 minutes it took to watch an episode. So for me, if I'm getting ready to go study or um, heading to class, it's mostly studying, going to the library, something like that, where... Uh, we're watching one, and it gets done, and it goes right into the next episode. Um, and Netflix has kind of caught this, where they kind of roll right in the next thing, and I, I think they got it from 
uh, me and my roommates, uh, Seinfeld tapes. But the uh, the idea of, man, I really like this one. I have 22 minutes. Can I wait 22 more minutes to walk and do whatever I was supposed to do? Um, it, you kind of would just get lost on your couch a little bit and then just pop in a different tape and just go right through. So um, I... You know, I always watched it myself, but when you have the continuous role, it was uh, amazing. And it's one of those at the time you think like, man, if we could package this and sell this, we'd be millionaires. And yeah. Now people are making millions of dollars doing just that. So, um, but my buddy, I talked to him the other day about it. He said that he still has the tapes downstairs and it's one of those, uh, it's kind of outdated obviously, but uh, pretty neat. How we got into it. Did you watch them live, Colin? I did. Uh, I think it was really a part of must-see TV back in the the 90s where you had, like, Friends on and then uh, Seinfeld would be on after that and then ER. Uh, I wasn't too big into the Friends and the ER side of things, but the the Seinfeld half hour there was always must-see. Going from even high school then into college. Uh, I was in college about the same time as Joe. I'd be a little bit ahead of him. But we can just those Thursday nights, you'd always make sure that you you were cleared out. Yeah, there were some nights where I'd miss it, uh, and Joni, her parents lived on a farm uh, north of town, so that's my wife. But we would go out, like, sometimes we might miss the show during the regular time, but they had direct TV, and before they had local channels, they had, like, an East Coast feed and a West Coast feed. So if you missed the East Coast feed, you could go, like, at 10 o'clock, you could watch the West Coast feed of Seinfeld. So I'd catch it, catch at least catch it, in a sense, live from that standpoint, from that day, because if you missed it back then, there, there wasn't a whole lot of DVR. I mean, if you had it, if you could videotape it, but then you got to go through the commercials, so... It was nice just to be able to to know that that was on and get a chance to watch it. And it, there was just so many good memories and just so much laughter. And I, I think we're going to see some of that today and hear some of that. Oh, we'll we'll get we'll get quite a bit of that. Now, of course, I was pretty young as it was coming on, and and so you talk about that lineup. Outside of Friends, my parents would watch NBC those nights because they watched ER and Seinfeld. And I think quite a few of those nights when I was younger, I'd have to go to bed, and they'd be like, "All right, eight thirty, go to bed," and then it's. You'd hear it, and then I'd hear my dad laughing from downstairs. And he's kind of a quiet, reserved guy, and so it takes quite a bit to get him really rolling in his chair. And, and you'd hear that, like, man, what am I missing out on? So thankfully, TBS, not long after that, syndication was running wild. And I was able to catch up and haven't really stopped ever since then. So uh, it's been a lot of fun kind of watching those. 21 years after the last season, it still holds up, right? Like, you can still watch it and be like, this applies to day-to-day life. Oh, it does. And that's why, other than some of the, like, the phone and different things you notice, when you watch <laughs> it, you're like, man, they just, they didn't have cell phones, a lot of those. And uh, there's some things that don't. But for the, the, I think the humor, it carries over. It stands the test of time for a lot of that. And uh, I still find myself, even when athletes are, uh, do something or say something, it, you kind of have that quick snapback of a Seinfeld quote, which... Um, we'll get into here in a bit, but some of those where they have no idea what I'm talking about, but to me, it's funny. If only George could have texted while he was in the restroom, say Art Vandelay, then instead of running out, <laughs> pants around his feet, but <laughs> he is a pretty good latex salesman though. He is. <laughs> do you, do you watch with the kids? Uh, we do. Uh, Dalton, not, not as much. He did a little bit. Uh, Graham was kind of big into it. Uh, he just laughs a lot when he sees George. The one that just gets you right now is if George, I think it was Marissa Tomei, is on there and he starts kissing the pillow, and Graham will just start into a big cackle on the couch. So you just can't believe that George is kissing a pillow. Uh, he's just laughing out loud. It's just I think, so funny. I think of myself. Is it Susan? Yeah, yeah. When she comes out of the kitchen and he's just like making out with the pillow, I love because I'm just like, man, if 
what the heck would she be thinking? Because, yeah. I said, yeah, Marissa Tomei one was great. And the fact that she was still around after everything else she'd gone through, from mm-hmm. Kramer puking on her to, to everything else down the line. What do you think of the early seasons? I know, Joe, when we were talking about this, you pointed out one specific one whenever George had his heart attack. But mm-hmm. obviously they hit their stride in seasons four, five, six, and they're great. But are you, you stick with one and two also? Yeah. And that's why for me, even watching it, I don't I mean, other you can tell like by the quality of the or you know the tape or uh and just how they look a lot of the conversations basically are the same no matter what season it is so um but yeah do you want me to go into that one the one that I will dive like? in if you want yeah okay so uh the heart attack one um what's the guy's name Tor Tor yeah Tor is a holistic healer uh and George comes in and is uh, questioning uh, some of the the issues that he's having. So um, Tor ended up doing a medical checkup on him and spits in his face and tells me he's born in the wrong month. Um, it would have been well advised if your parents would have waited, which I think it's just some of these things. And, you know, there's quackery that goes on anywhere in a lot of different fields, but it's one of those that at the time, Jerry's sitting to himself and thinking, you know, what's going on here? And there's a lot of different things going on, but the hand gestures and um, just tell, he ends up telling Jerry that he drinks too much dairy, which out of nowhere he's having a conversation and just uh, says that to him. But, and then, you know, I, I feel like there's a lot out there and that nothing, you know, nothing against what they're doing. Like there's so many different sales pitches to, quick fixes that I think that uh, I, I think it's laughable because of all those things that even carry over today because there's, you know, you want to lose weight, you want to gain muscle, you want to do this. It's kind of that quick fix that George is, it seems like he's constantly trying to find throughout all the episodes, but um, I just like the dialogue uh, within it and uh, just how quick uh, Jerry is to react to a lot of it with the sayings, but um does that is that crack your top three of three of your favorite episodes? I say so. Yeah, uh, in that same episode, Jerry had had a you know was doing a stand up or something in his dreams, and he wakes up and he scribbles something down. So he's trying to figure out what he wrote down. Um, but I I think I I like it because it's just kind of continuous dialogue where uh, you know even though the other thing is he can't use warm water. He has to wear. He has to use only cold water. But some of those things where, I don't know, I'm older now and I have you know heart issues. You know that I get where it's like I get told a lot of things that you should and shouldn't do. And man, trying to balance it out, what's real and what's not. There's just a lot of uh, humor in it too. So, and then through taking the shortcut, he ends up in the emergency room again. He still gets his tonsils taken out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry and what Kramer both also have to get repaired in there too. So it's just. It causes a lot more issues in the long run by yeah. trying to cut corners. Yeah, no doubt. There's a <laughs> and the one that we did the um, and I don't know. You can probably edit these things, but the one that I didn't write down that I really like too is uh is it the Tannenbaums? Oh, it's the not Tannenbaums, the movie. Uh, the uh, the family that works out together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember, Mandelbaum. 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 Yeah. Because he talks about, you know, you chest You're tougher than me. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You go into that one a little? I love that one. 
So I not like I was telling Matt earlier. I just don't know if you can pick a top three. I mean, I think you could pick a top twenty-five, top fifty, and you wouldn't be wrong. Mm-mm. I think the harder part might even be just to pick like the worst three, because I mean, the whole show I just love from from start to finish. Maybe there's a couple stink bombs in there, but for the most part, any episode that you choose, you're just going to sit there and laugh if you're of a normal mindset. Yeah, unless you're crazy Joe Devola Quinlan, you could. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Is it Banaka? Not, no, Bianca, uh, Cherry Spray, Cherry Spray. Uh, no. Banaka. Banaka. Yeah. Man, see the words. I didn't have that <laughs> stuff around anymore. That's that was a long time ago. I know. Anyway, go on, sorry. Is, is there, what, what stands out to you? Like, uh, what, what's a go-to episode, Colin? Uh, I mean, I, I picked the top three just, but but again, it, it could be a list of 50, as I said. But uh, I, The Boyfriend with Keith Hernandez, it's a two-parter. Uh, there, there's so many good lines in there. It talks even about the Phillies a little bit in there uh, with uh, the spitting episode. Uh, it, kind of a funny story with that one. This summer, my, my son Graham, an older older son Dalton, who was watching the game, but Graham committed a key error in a game, and it lost the game for his team. After the game, Dalton goes up to him and says, nice game, pretty boy. And that's <laughs> taken directly from Seinfeld, whereas yeah. that's what they they were attacking Keith for a key, a crucial Hernandez air, opened the floodgates for a five-run Philly fifth, and the, the Phillies beat the Mets, and it ruined their day at the park. And so they're, Keith Hernandez is walking past them, and they're like, nice game, pretty boy. And then Kramer claims he was spit on, and uh, the magic loogie. And, it, and it's just, that episode is so good. And it's a two-parter, too, so it's not, you can't just get caught up in a 22-minute, it's a 44-minute. That one is really good. Uh, I like the the bottle redemption. That's also a two parter where you're taking the the cans back to Michigan, figuring out the best best day of the year for for mail, and it ends up being like Mother's Day. Uh, Newman and, and that crew get it all figured out. And then as you come in here to Festivus, I mean, there it's tough to beat a Festivus episode. Uh, you get the poll, the feats of strength, the airing of grievances. So much, so many good statements. That one opened my eyes up too because you never thought about it or what he did. I'm like, well, Kramer had a job. And he's been on strike for 20 years or however long it's been <laughs> until minimum wage is what he was asking for. So thank goodness he was on strike. Yeah. My, and I, I'll go back to the Keith Hernandez one. I don't know if it's just the the act or the athletes being in there too, but I think even uh, the timeliness of – because that was around JFK, that movie was out. Uh, the other one, uh, Uncle Leo – with Cape Fear, if you remember Cape Fear, he had like he was doing pull-ups and he said, "Jerry, hello, <laughs> Jerry." Where it's in Cape Fear, it's uh, De Niro uh, doing the pull-ups. But they used a lot of the things that were going on with modern movies. With, um, but with the the Keith Hernandez Pretty Boy one, they end up figuring out it was Roger McDowell because Keith Hernandez uh, says he saw McDowell from behind the bush, which you know obviously correlates with JFK. And then uh, Kramer and Newman think back to what they did to McDowell in the in the bullpen, where they just like they were yelling obscenities at him all game, and and they're like, oh yeah, and then we poured a beer on his head, <laughs> but stuff where it's just like so common sense, but it came together so well. And then they have the old footage, similar to like a JFK, was it? It's uh, a brooder film. film. It's yep. a brooder film, but. That is a classic. I had that as one of my top ones, too. So, Especially to watch it in 2020 when people hide behind a phone and a keyboard to call out athletes. Give it to Newman Kramer. They did it in person. They got into his face. <laughs> and in that episode, Elaine was having uh, – she was going to be a boyfriend with Keith. Mm-hmm. But then Jerry had become friends with Keith, and he kind of felt like he was getting too timed by Elaine. 
with yeah. his friend, asking to move. He's like, oh, now he's asking me to move. This is, this is too much early on in the uh, in the relationship. It's just so, so much humor. Well, and they also, you know, it's too much to ask a friend to move. Are you that close? What's next? You're going to ask for a ride home from the airport? I'm not giving him a ride to the airport. <laughs> but I thought about that, too, whenever a friend at work, when I worked in St. Joe, hey, can you give me a ride to the airport in the morning? I'm like, are we that close friends? I guess I can, if you say so. For me, it was really hard because I, I, was, I was writing them down, crossing them off, writing them down, crossing them off. Um, but, yeah, a lot of great ones. Three that stick out in my mind, the Van Buren boys. That always – I didn't have any idea what number Kramer – or what number uh, Martin Van Buren was president until Kramer <laughs> let me know, <laughs> which says more about me than my teachers because they did, they did teach us that back in the day, but I, I couldn't keep up with that one. Between uh, that one and then, obviously, uh, that young man's trying to get the scholarship for the Susan Ross Foundation, and George denies it because he wants to be a city planner, not an architect. Then he joins the Van Buren boys and tries to beat George up. And, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot going on in that one. Um, the butter shave, I mean, just the, thinking about Kramer using uh, the, the butter and slathering it all over his body and then Newman being too hungry and picturing as a turkey, that's... <laughs> That's too much. And then another good one that I feel like is an underrated episode is the stall where Elaine's in the stall and there's not any, uh, there's not any toilet paper and the lady next to him can't spare a square. Turns out to be Jerry's girlfriend. That goes down a, a pretty crazy road. But then also Elaine's dating a pretty boy that George is in love with more than Elaine probably. And they go rock climbing. George doesn't tie the knot. The guy falls, cuts up his face. and is No more. Yeah. What's a... Uh... Do you know that actor's name? Anthony. I don't. Oh, but he was like yeah, on MTV. But he's like the line from that one is the manana. And you go rock climbing tomorrow. He's like manana. And George is like, ah, I don't know if I can. Or yeah. And then Kramer comes by and he's like, Kramer, what are you doing? Manana? Nada. He's like and he gets in and goes, but uh oh. I don't say it's not Anthony Kiedis's uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, but it's something like that. Anthony Cortez. All I can think of that is Jerry crazy. popping his collar saying, hey, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> Dan Cortez? Dan Cortez. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He's on MTV, yeah. but yeah, he's total, he was the guy. But yeah, that was, uh, it was some great stuff. Pretty boy Tony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am down. <laughs> Hold on. Now, I know Joe works with, with, a lot, of, a lot of athletes, football, basketball, baseball. Have you ever used the Jimmy shoes for any for any athletes and working on No. I did actually have a pair, though, when I was growing up. It helped me athletically, I feel like. Jumped a little higher? Yeah, yeah. Jimmy, the third person is always great to <laughs> pull those two. Uh, and with that, did you see that? Have you seen the Jimmy shoes one? Where it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With a, then Elaine's trying to talk to people in the gym and – didn't she get confused that she thought Jimmy was talking about the other person, but she was actually talking about himself. But, yeah, and that's that same episode that uh, Kramer goes to the dentist and can't drink water, and that's how Jimmy ends up getting hurt in the locker room because Kramer's he couldn't hold his water, and he spit it all over the floor, and Jimmy came in and slipped, and Jimmy's down. <laughs> but, yeah. And that eventually got Kramer to meet the Velvet Fog. Yeah, sit at that table. Yep. Oh man. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what was the other top three? What was the other ones? It was. Uh... Um, I had the butter shave and the Van Buren boys. Yeah. And then I also had a uh, consolation Kenny Rogers roasters. 
I just love it when you, they open the the door and it's just like straight. It's like when you get you have Kramer in your mind of Kramer's the nutty one, and then he goes to Jerry's apartment. He's normal, but then Jerry comes in. Oh, he's stressed. On the phone with Bob Sacramento at three a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I didn't. My favorite one of all time is the Merv Griffin show, and it, the obviously the setup of in Kramer's apartment. Um, but I think that one just has great side stories. As um, Jerry is drugging his girlfriend to be able to play with her toys. Um, Elaine has the, is it the sidler? Is that how they say it? I don't want to yeah. say. Where he's falling around and gives him Tic Tacs um, so she can figure out where he is. Um, and then something with, I can't remember why, but he needs the gumballs from, you know, because the Tic Tacs drive Peterman nuts. Yeah. And he's the gumballs, yeah. They need to do the gumballs instead of the Tic Tacs. That's why. Breath, yep. Can't yeah. shake that Tic Tac box anymore. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> yeah. This is making him mad. But the the whole line with uh, George and Jerry sitting there with his girlfriend eating a turkey with heavy gravy and a whole box of wine. And that, uh, um, then that same episode, uh, George, that's when he runs over the squirrel and has to buy all the little small utensils and bring it back uh, around. And George brings it into to the Merv Griffin show where Kramer has the hawk, the guy that is the animal handler, and uh, attacks. But that whole episode, I think, is just great. Back to the the talk of when they're eating turkey and heavy gravy to get his girlfriend to pass out so they can play with their toys is a uh, the line I still use, and I understand is tryptophan. Of like, what's in turkey that makes you tired? And that him and George at the same time say tryptophan, and uh, <laughs> and then also in the end of that one, uh, Kramer has uh, his girlfriend come in to the Merv Griffin show. And he's kind of going a different route, and uh, has her confront. Uh, it's kind of like a Jerry Springer type thing where he has to confront uh, Jerry. Jerry's girlfriend comes and confronts him about being, uh, drugging her and making her pass out. And Jerry's response is like, who drinks a whole bottle or a whole box of wine? Uh, but that is one of my favorite all-time episodes because I feel all of them are solid side stories. And um, I, I think I'm a kid at heart where I want to play with like with my kids' toys too. So this time of year I can kind of – fall in line with that yeah. so but uh. well the cold open on the merv griffin show also is fantastic because so i watched it the other day just to try to jog my memory kramer and jerry are walking up before they see the dumpster with the merv griffin set jerry says how did you break my blender like, well, i was blending up gravel like, why are you blending up gravel because i like the feel of the f- under my feet in my, in my apartment what's kramer <laughs> doing then he's got he's building the, the levels and the stair steps and the other one and there's just all, all kinds of things going on in that apartment. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Do you have another one you'll throw out, Joe? I might. Other two. The Slicer, um, Kruger, and the, the side story in there, too, is I think Kruger is one of my, you know, we get back to different characters, but he's the one that um, I think is hilarious. But he, he just has a he – he's interviewing George early, um, and George, after, you know, Kruger's like, yeah, you know, I don't really care, basically hires him for no reason. And then George sees in the background the picture of his family on the beach. 
and uh, it's a boombox incident if you ever tape it into YouTube. But um, George is there and basically goes into the ocean and comes back and his clothes are in the ocean and he realizes it was a tide that kind of came in and took him out. But um, at the same time, there's just a side story, and that's why I think Dr. Van Ostrin comes in for Kramer, and and that's hit on for the next couple of you know couple of years of stuff. Uh, but he he tries basically he gets um, Kruger George gets Kruger airbrushed out of the picture by accident because he was trying to get himself airbrushed out, and so he needs to get a picture of Kruger with his shirt off, and so he has Dr. Van Ostrin come and check out moles. Yada, yada, yada. Sorry to throw that in. <laughs> Ends up uh, saying that he needs to take a, you know, the deli slicer and cut off a little bit and send it to the labs. And um, I just think it's hilarious that George and Kramer's conversation, too, about talking about, you know, uh, tell him to go see a real doctor. And Kramer's like, why would I, <laughs> you know, ruin my own reputation to send him to a real doctor? And George's like, you're not a real doctor. So, but at the end, if you remember, it is. Uh, they're in Kruger's office, and he's telling him he really needs to go get a second opinion. And he said, this picture, he's like, George's picture is taken, whatever, eight to ten years ago. And that mole has not changed once. And then he tells him the story about him and his kids throwing George's stuff into the ocean. And George admits to it, um, or freaks out on him. And you could just see it building. And I'll, I'll, Kruger says, man, you've lost a lot of hair. <laughs> and the 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 best is as Kruger goes on is it's just he gives he doesn't he doesn't bother him at all he's he still employs him he doesn't fire him but that, I just think it's a funny thing because there's a lot of Kruger lines that in those meetings I've really enjoyed too so but that one I gotta think of my third one what I write down here um, the slicer one too mm-hmm. when he's going with the deli meat and Kramer's going crazy which I think would be a great purchase but then he tells Elaine that one time. I sliced meat so thin, I couldn't even see it. <laughs> How do you know you sliced it? It just blew my mind. Yeah. yeah. And my third one I wrote, had written down was the same as Collins with the, the Magic Loogie, uh, one with Roger McDowell and those guys. So, anyhow. Well, we talked about the, some of the supporting characters and who you like. And I know you wrote down Kruger and mm-hmm. fan of David Putty, which we'll get into. Yeah. Is it because there's a little bit of David – is there a little Kruger and Putty in Joe? Is that what it is? I think that's a very strong possibility. He's a face painter. I could see it. <laughs> I could see it. And that's why uh, – yeah. I think the, even the Putty – David Putty, Kruger, obviously, with, he kind of comes back into the T- – where George wants to be called T-Bone, and he uh, he names him the, the – Gorilla or ape or whatever the one that Coco Coco he has him changes his name to Coco because he wants to be T Bone and um, those and then the one liner when you, you'll leave on a high note type yeah. that one where he says something about because it's a uh, sanding it's a sanding company right and he he said they get the head too small on one of the monuments he said George says shave it down and you know we'll put a pumpkin under his arm and you know, say it will be, what's this? But anyway. Headless Horseman? Headless Horseman. And everybody laughs and he's like, takes off. And then the end of that episode, he's like, every time I'm around you, I just feel like 
how much, you always have it you're always hitting on a high or something and they're doing work and Kruger does the same thing back to him where he's he makes him laugh and he's like I'm out and leaves George with a whole bunch of work but David Putty I think I have a dry sense of humor um where I just will say stuff and I think it's funny and I kind of laugh inside but it doesn't really I don't show outward expression and uh some of the stuff even with the Jesus fish and all those things uh I think is hilarious like uh when he he talks about Elaine stealing the paper from next door, that's what I do. But he's like, "Why do you care? You know where you're going." Type stuff. <laughs> where it's just like so, like oh, jeez. And then he re- they reset all his stations on his car, and because they're saying it's, he's lazy, you know, he's dumb, and she, Elaine's agreeing that her her boyfriend is lazy and dumb, and you know, I don't know. But I I like David Putty. I like. Kruger a lot just because they're kind of dry sense of humor. So. I, I could see you in a fur coat like I David Putty. I could do that. And he has an eight ball one too. Yeah. <laughs> eight ball. Colin, what do you got? Uh, the best supporting actor, I, I, I Frank Costanza. So much. Uh, he and Estelle, just so good trying to raise George and George thinking his life was so, so bad growing up with those two and there's phrases that they get thrown out every once in a while. Things are not going well during the day, and you just throw it out there. Serenity now. Serenity now. Just calm down. Lloyd Braun, just serenity now. Uh, he he also had a great line with the, the chicken, the hen, and the rooster. If the chicken is having sex with the hen, what's the rooster? And George's soon-to-be in-laws were like, they have they all have sex together. And he he goes, that's perverse. Another one, he and Elaine kind of getting into it, and he's like, you want a piece of me? And Elaine just clocks him at the end of that episode. It's just yeah. so good. George What's that? Frank is just like, I you texted want- that line. What was the line about? He dropped you like a bag of dirt or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> this one that... It always sticks with me. But I think he also, he has a lot of the mistakes. If you see the outtakes, he has a lot of mistakes. Where it's that same scene with him and Elaine, where I think they redid that like six or seven I times. I don't it, think they could keep a straight face no, throughout. No. Just because <laughs> you, you got him questions. You want a piece of me? Or Del Boca. You got a house in Del Boca Vista. De Bo- he just keeps struggling. He can't say Del Boca Vista. But he's just like, you're telling me you don't have anything in Del Boca Boca. It's just so Frank Costanza. Yeah. The end of the Serenity Now episode of hearing him yell Hoochie Mama was fantastic. Hoochie Mama! <laughs> and he has good actions. He's a good uh, physical actor, too. Just his hands and his face and his hair. Because even on the, with the Lloyd Braun one, it's like he's just talking it, early. He's talking to George, just giving him a hard time. Because is it Frank Braun? Is that Lloyd Braun oh, is outdoing him. And then at the end, obviously, George is making fake calls, but he keeps selling computers. And his dad keeps marking check marks on the board and just freaking out. It's like, how's he? He ends up firing Lloyd Braun. I got good news and bad news. The same. You're fired. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, it's good stuff. And then the the bro slash man's ear episode. Him and Kramer just in there dancing. He's wearing his bro man's ear, and Estelle walks in. And I think the maestro was included in that one a little bit mm-hmm. too. So with the, yeah. the, the little mini, 
yeah. uh, billiard stick there. And mm-hmm. that's a that's, so much is tied into that one. Yeah, too. I sent that line to you too. I don't know why that line sticks out to me, but he's like, because it's uh, they're, they're trying to figure out, you know, what is what do we call that place and the 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 place to be, the place to be. <laughs> It almost felt like an outtake the way they were doing it, but he was just trying to get to that point, and it was just sold nicely. So I went with, uh, and it wasn't wasn't easy because I was going through and trying to figure that out, Kenny Banya. Gotta love Kenny Banya. Mm -hmm. Because you know that when Jerry Seinfeld and and Larry David are writing this. Gold, Jerry. Gold. Everybody's based on somebody. And so there's some hack comedian that Jerry just doesn't like, that kind of tries to help out, but doesn't want around, and Kenny Banya is that. So. In the the episode where he's uh, dating the mentor, and the mentor sees his act, and then and dumps him, and uh, of course Jerry writes the stuff that's the oval team bit, but he actually picks up the risk management bit and tries to do that. And so Kenny Banya, that one's pretty high up there too. Whenever you think about the uh, um, the dinner at Mindy's, they're supposed to have, and he wants soup and not dinner. Uh, really enjoy Kenny, and then you mentioned him earlier. You gotta love Uncle Leo. I mean, Jerry, hello. Talks about what's the cousin, cousin Jeffrey, Je- cousin Jeffrey, always doing something for the parks department, all the different stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, just doing such a great job. So I was I was watching a movie over the weekend. Did you know that Uncle Leo was also in the Outlaw Josie Wales? He had a cameo in there just really? for a split second. I was like, that looks familiar. Yeah, I was there. But uh, but no, whenever uh, whenever my wife and I had our son Nolan, I told him that my brother, whose name's Brandon, I'm like, oh, Uncle Buck. So now that he has a child, he calls, he says that I'm Uncle Leo. So it just fits, you know. Yeah. So we roll with that. Um, so we got some clips. Just There are so many little quotes and little things that you can pull from the show that I felt like I'd have you guys send me some, and we would just kind of play them for everybody. Um, I couldn't get every all of them that everybody went through, but um, we've got one for each. So we'll roll with these and um, get some quick comment. But we will start here with Kramer is driving the bus. You ran? No, I jumped on the bus. I told the driver, I got a toe here, buddy. Step on it. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, yeah. Then all of a sudden, this guy pulls out a gun. Well, I knew any delay's gonna cost her her pinky toe. So I got out of the seat and I started walking towards him. He says, where do you think you're going, Cracker Jack? I says, well, I got a little prize for you, buddy. Knocked him out cold. How could you do that? Yeah, then everybody is screaming because the driver, he's passed out because of all the commotion. The bus is out of control. So I grab him by the collar, I take him out of the seat, I get behind the wheel, now I'm driving the bus. You're Batman. Yeah, yeah, I am Batman. Then the mugger, he comes to and he starts choking me. So I'm fighting him off with one hand and I kept driving the bus with the other, you know. Then I managed to open up the door and I kicked him out the door, you know, with my foot, you know, at the next stop. Classic Kramer. The guy's a superhero. He can do anything. I remember as that one kept going there, I think it was like, she's like, you kept making the stops? He's like, yeah, I was making the stops. <laughs> People kept, kept ringing the bell. <laughs> <laughs> How that, much of that, though, it goes back to his training uh, of karate with those children. Yeah. I mean, I'd say a lot of it, right? Yeah. And I, I, that's one of the more, as far as uh, you talk about physical comedy, I think that 
scene where he's all over the place, I think, adds to that so much. Um, there's one where somebody's choking on stuff. Where it's around the same spot in Jerry's where they say, raise the head, drop the feet, those type of things where it's just so much physical action, it adds to the level of humor. And just not the story itself, but the I love just him with the big wheel with his arms. I can still picture that. Well, and so as we go through these clips, we'll find that uh, each of us picked, um, at least the ones that I, I found and able will play, are from Kramer. Now, the writing's good. Everybody has great lines throughout. But I do think the physical comedy, the way that, that Michael Richards delivers all of these lines, the way he jumps into a room, it's hard to not say that one of your favorite quotes is, comes from Kramer. So this one, next one, this is a, this is a pick courtesy of Colin McDonough and uh, – well, I feel like this is kind of like in Colin's house, the way Joni feels at times, the way Jerry and Elaine might react. But we'll, we'll get into it. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Well, it looks like you've adjusted to the boxers. Well, I wouldn't go as far as that. You went back to the jockeys? Wrong again. <laughs> oh, no. What? What? Don't you see what's going on here? No boxers. There's no jockeys. Oh. The only thing between him and us is a thin layer of gabardine. Kramer, say it isn't so. Oh, it'd be so. <laughs> I'm out there, Jerry, and I'm loving every minute. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the facial expressions are fantastic, but... Kramer's just out there loving every minute of it. Oh, what, just a great phrase. I'm loving every minute of it. <laughs> out there. <laughs> just a thin layer of gabardine, which is no way that I, I don't think I could just live my life going like that. It's just not comfortable, not good. <laughs> I assume at your home, Colin, that's those issues. You don't have those issues. Nope, not at all. Zero. You're, you're probably more Kramer when he's modeling for Calvin Klein in the underwear. More of that, yes. Yeah, okay. All right, last one. I mean, what are you thinking about, Jerry? Marriage? Family? Well, they're prisons. (laughs) Man-made prisons. You're doing time. You get up in the morning, she's there. You go to sleep at night, she's there. It's like you've got to ask permission to, to, to use the bathroom. Is it all right if I use the bathroom? Really? Yeah, and you can forget about watching TV while you're eating. <laughs> I can? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Because it's dinner time. And you know what you do at dinner? What? You talk about your day. <laughs> how was your day today? Did you have a good day today or a bad day today? Well, what kind of day was it? Well, I don't know. How about you? How was your day? <laughs> oh, it's sad, Jerry. It's a sad state of affairs. I'm glad we had this talk. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> so good, very happily married. But every time that comes on, I, sh- I kind of elbow my wife. I'm like, I'll watch this real quick. And she doesn't appreciate it as much. But it just kills me how much that Kramer really does kind of like, he puts marriage in a pretty good little box that there's a lot of similar, you know, certain things that happen, like talking about your day at dinner time. But makes them seem like they're the worst thing. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I have thrown that line out at dinner many times with, with Johnny and the boys. Just like, how was your day today? Was it a good day today or a bad day? Today? How was your school? Was it a good day at school or a bad day at school? 
and they don't. I don't think they understand where it's coming from. But it's just there. There are so many things like Joe saying. It just you end up saying it in your life because you've heard it on Seinfeld at some point. But it, it truly is a part of what you're doing. Yeah. Well, Serenity Now is one of those two. I feel like that comes up an awful lot. Whenever you think about those top little phrases, the the whatever it is, the references going back to Seinfeld, whether it's that or the low talker or close talker, whatever. What's the go-to? What's what sticks around more? Or, or comes up in your mind. I have a hard time losing the, the rabbit anti-dentite. <laughs> <laughs> you're an anti-dentite. Now you're going to think they're going to have schools. <laughs> but anti-dentite, it's just un- unbelievable. Tim Watley's telling the jokes and converting to Judy. I mean, it's just um, it, it, it's phenomenal humor back and forth. Well, at the very end, too, obviously Jerry and his girlfriend are kind of joking about dentists, who needs them, blah, blah, blah. And then... Jerry's girlfriend says something off color that is actually off putting and terrible. And you're kind of like, oh, oh boy. All right. Well, she's not. <laughs> and it ends on such a, a bad sour note, but at the same time, it's so funny because he realizes that, oh, okay. well, okay. That's not go. good. Anti dentite. That's a good one. Yeah. Joe, what do you got? Um, I really like the low talker, close talker, are always big ones, but the low talker where uh, Jerry agrees to wear the pirate shirt. And, uh, Kramer's really fighting for it, saying that all these boutiques and places have placed these orders because of Jerry wearing the shirt. Um, and then that, the pirate shirt comes back in. You know, I think there's a homeless guy that's wearing it later on and things where it, it seems like it melts into other episodes too. Um, but those are, I don't know, that kneeled was one of my favorites. And uh, if you see, if you remember that episode, it's uh, George finds an attractive woman that um, basically says he looks like her boyfriend. And uh, George is more interested in figuring out how to meet the boyfriend than to actually get anywhere with this lady. And she's very oncoming, asks him up to his apartment or her apartment. And he's like, no, I got to, I got to figure out something. And like basically walks away from the relationship. And then once George realizes that he's one, um, uh, Neil is in a terrible accident and uh, has to. She goes to care for him, and uh, basically, George is out kneeled by Neil. And the very last episode is he just wants to see a picture of the guy and see if what he looks like and uh, to see why. Because one of the lines, too, is George asks, like, you know, something about his hair balding, and she's like, no. You actually have more hair than Neil. And he's like, why is she basically attracted to me? But Neil's laying in the hospital bed and says, George, I won, is the, he says to him. And George just walks out and then comes back in and unplugs his uh, whatever machines he's tied to and walks out. But that one, uh, that kneeled, uh, is just a, I thought was a very creative. Uh, Doesn't that come back around to... Kramer having the Cubans rolling up the um, the pastries, and then they eat, cuts the pastries and it squirts in their eyes. I can't remember who ties it. Is that the? I was thinking it was the Mandibombs because when they they couldn't go back in and make their crepes. Is that? Yeah, um, I think because right. they are injured. Because George, you know, what was the line? Colin, you're saying you think you're better than me. You think you're better than me? <laughs> I can't remember, but the they the Mandibombs one you know episode where they're picking up weight and he throws out his back and then his 
his son comes in and his son's like 60 some years old and tries to move the TV. And then the dad of the great grandfather hurts his back and then they've been rolling the, but that, that was crepes. But yeah, the one, cause they, yeah, they do cut into it and it, it squirts spray, in people's yeah. eyes. I can't remember why. They all run together. The yeah. Cubans were too good a rollers. Yeah. Yep. Or maybe they weren't real Cubans. Was that what it was? Yeah. Puerto Ricans maybe. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. You have to go back and rewatch all these now. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the close talker and low talker are so, like, they're funny, but you run into it in day-to-day life all the time. Like, someone that wants to get just a little bit too close to your face when they're telling you a story. Like, all right, close talk. He's back up just a little bit. Um, but one that kills me, too, is uh, Kramer's so nutty, and he's so out there, and just kind of on his own island, but yet um, he has just a, a random, weird sex appeal, I guess, to women. And they say that he has the Kavorka. And so then there's that woman that's that Eastern Orthodox, um, whatever religion it is, she's going to not be announced. She can run, run away with Kramer. And so he has to do the garlic and spray a bunch of stuff, and he smells awful. Because he has the Kavorka, which is the lure of the animal, and women are just attracted to him. Can't get away from it. So I like to throw that around every once in a while that I have the, the Kavorka. <laughs> the Kavorka. <you> <laughs> Women are attracted to me. What can I say? You know, I would say if we want to tie a little bit of this into Bearcat athletics, that I mean, some of it we need to. But if you could right. be a close talker with Ben McCollum, that would make him really comfortable. He likes that. He does like he? that. If you yeah. could get really close to him and just put a microphone up near him and maybe even stand behind him closely. Now you have to do with a mask on, but you could just stand really close to him. He likes that. Yeah. Makes him really comfortable. He's a he's got a little Jerry in him, kind of a germ free. He's too. a lot of, lot of hand washing. Lot of oh yeah. Which is a good thing. It's not bad. COVID, right? Not that there's anything wrong with that. We knew we could fit that in at some point. Of course. Um, all right. A couple more, and then we'll wrap up, and, and I'll let you guys go. Let me check this to make sure we're actually still recording. Hey, we are. That would have been a long 45 minutes if we weren't recording. Um, all right. Modern day. Let's tie it in right now. Four main characters. COVID-19 hits. Who's handling it the best? Obviously, Jerry's a very clean person, but I feel like he'd have some issues with everything. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I thought about this when I was walking in this morning, so I'll, I'll start, yeah. and I'll let you guys stew on it for a second. I think George Costanza. Because if you think about it, he's always looking for ways to kind of cut corners to make women attracted to him. Like whenever they go to India for that one episode, he spray paints his Timberlands black because he doesn't want to look like he's shorter than he is. He's always trying to cut corners. He wore the hairpiece for a while. I think George wears a full-on mask to where you can only see his eyes. Since masks are required now, he doesn't even show any bit. Can't tell he's bald, can't see his face. Women might just think he's kind of just a stocky, attractive guy. And I think that George embraces it. If George keeps the hat on, keeps the mask on, he's going to delve He's going to do a nice job. Yeah. Man. That is a toughie. I, I, that's why I'll just go a different route. The thing with Kramer, I think he could, he could do it. I just think he'd be, he'd flip out a little bit. Like he'd just go kind of crazy with some of the restrictions and different things. But yeah, even Elaine, Elaine might be good if you remember when they uh, talking about uh, Kramer rents the movie where the lady goes into a coma, and then Elaine is the like the heir of his will or whatever, and she's just like, eh, whatever, like you know. Yeah, you're brain dead. You you can do everything, but you know you can you have every loss of everything except you can eat stuff like that. And she's just like cut the cord, pull the cord type thing. <laughs> where I feel like she could just have that nonchalant attitude where 
But I, f- I think by far Jerry would struggle big time with a lot of that stuff. I think the man hands is the other one that I like. But the facial, like touching his hand, like the lady touching his face and just seeing him squirm, I know he'd struggle with some of the restrictions. Well, he knocked his girlfriend's toothbrush into the toilet mm. and even it was clean water and she did all the stuff. He couldn't kiss her. And yeah. 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 Jerry'd have a hard time with that, I think. germaphobe, but yeah. It would attack him mentally every day. Uh, he would come up with some good bits, and it, it would be a good show. But Jerry would struggle. Yeah. yeah. You don't think that Kramer survives it because he's not actually grocery shopping on his own? He's just going to eat at Jerry's house or That's his true. apartment across the hall? Yeah, some of those things. He, he could do well. What about some of the off characters? Who would, would make it the best? I think that's why Kruger, I really enjoyed Kruger. Um, Newman kind of is on edge a little bit at times, but some of those, yeah, what the hell is what Kruger, Kruger always will say. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't care. Yeah, he just kind of make it work and not let the numbers figure out how, what's going to happen there. Morty Seinfeld, I think that he's batting down the hatches and he's not going to leave his house. I think they're locked up in Del Boca Vista with the uh, the bad couch and their uh, – was that the air conditioner? Was not, they didn't want to turn the air conditioner on. They liked having about 85, yeah. 80, 88 degrees in there and just sweating. sweating. Bad couch. Bar was just – oh. Yeah, we – Driving a Cadillac. Ah! Jack Klompus. Ah! Ah! Got his fancy new tip calculator. <laughs> did uh did joe bring his astronaut pen today or not did you i know i gave that to you the other day you were asking about that just there's a the one we didn't talk about is the baby you gotta see the baby you gotta see the baby the you gotta ugly. come over and see the baby the ugly baby mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and the yeah what'd you say that was one of our early texts when we started this breathtaking breathtaking yeah saying elaine was taking a look at the baby and it's breathtaking yeah. Now you said that about the baby, and you also said it about me. Is that? Yeah. And that was a, we talk about sexual innuendo type stuff where it talks about that's the one where George uh, George's girlfriend's walking around topless, and everybody else gets to see her for the first time. And then is that the shrink, shrinkage episode too, where boy guys are in the water and Elaine doesn't realize as probably most females don't, about shrinkage. <laughs> but if you don't know what I'm talking about, check that episode out. But that, there was a lot of those things that were made fun of pretty good. It was good. <laughs> All <Anyway>. right. <laughs> before we before we uh, cut you guys loose, what what are the top three sitcoms that you guys have, have of all time? I assume Seinfeld's pretty high up, but um, if you're giving a top three of what you would sit down and watch, where would you go? You go ahead. Uh, Three's Company, when I was growing up, was the one that was, it's probably well before even Joe is, is near my age. He's not, but it was on early 80s. Kind of blindsided by that. I didn't I, expect I that. I like the Three's Company. Modern Family, that was a nice one. Uh, started having kids, just started watching that, and that was a nice show just from a family standpoint. It was just really good te- television. Uh, and then the other one I put on there is, is Curb Your Enthusiasm, which kind of goes in line with Seinfeld with Larry David, and I think there's been 10 seasons of it on HBO, and I could just sit... And laugh and laugh and just constantly just the the humor of Larry David and the and the uncomfortableness that he puts people in is really fantastic. It's like Seinfeld on steroids. It really bumps it up a notch. I think another show and I, I don't include it in my top three, but I, 
MASH is a fantastic sitcom, just from a standpoint, from a start to finish of it, how many years it was on. If you could just sit and watch a show and just enjoy, I think MASH would be another one that I could just, I could do that too. I've never seen MASH, surprisingly. Hmm. I should probably catch one. Got those old throwback TV channels. I used to, that's why even Cheers and MASH, like I'd catch, I'm the youngest in nine, so I always would, my siblings would do that, where that's how I got into some of the, even late night TV with like Letterman and stuff, like eight, early 80s, mid 80s. My older siblings were watching some of those where I kind of got kind of my sense of humor from that. Um, Everybody Loves Raymond, I think, is I just like his sense of humor. Um, but the Modern Family is a good one for me. I, I just, I, I, I got into Friends there for a little bit, but it's just the, I don't know, I didn't really like that as much. And I've been told to watch Kirby Enthusiasm by multiple people, and I probably would enjoy that. Um, but show-wise, Jerry Seinfeld, the Comedians in Coffee and Cars or whatever is one that I've really enjoyed because it's kind of behind the scenes, and it's just that I can imagine it's basically what comedians do when they're hanging out together and just talking, and they're just kind of throwing ideas at each other and talking through stuff. But, um, yeah, Kirby Enthusiasm has that Super Dave Osborne is on that show too before he passed away. And I used to like those Super Dave Osborne. So when he did pass away, I pulled those out for my son, and we actually watched a lot of those, and there was (laughs) those are classic too, if you get a chance. I mean, those are – they are very stupid, Uh, but it is – I think there's some very good humor in his – I think his sense of humor and mine are very in line because I – again, I can laugh and not make a facial expression. (laughs) So Super Dave Osborne – I need to watch Kirby Enthusiasm. So next time you have me on, I'll say that's my favorite. Probably. You'd like it. I'd probably would. What do you got up there, Matt? What are, what are your top three? I'm, my mind's a little, a little bit blown right now because nobody's mentioned The Office yet. Mm-hmm. Have you guys never watched The Office? I get, I get into t- times of it where I'd watch. I, I like The Office. But I don't know if it's just where I am with kids and activities and managing stuff because, man, it's just it's just something I'd, I'll sit and watch one or two, and I think they're very funny. I could binge it. I've watched like here and there when it was on. I would it would catch it here and there. I didn't. I've not seen it from start to finish. And my son has actually watched it from start to finish twice, and he just he laughs at it. And there's constant constant humor from him. And I, I probably just need just to sit and watch yeah. from a start to finish. But uh, and the office was good. I just didn't. It's not up there. It just there's, you know, you like Kramer. Dwight has certain quirks that are Kramer-esque that are kind of like that's that's pretty good so no I, I love The Office and I've gotten more I've gotten into it as much as I have Seinfeld or beyond even to the point so it's it's really good um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia mm-hmm. which is signed for like another four more seasons so it'll be the longest running live action sitcom um, like after the next season actually but they've wow. got quite a few more seasons coming up and they give it to you in small doses whereas Seinfeld and, and The Office and Friends and all these they're like the 26 episodes in a year, always Sunny's like, we'll give you 10 good ones and call it good. So they're doing it on lesser, but um, there's a lot of crude crude humor and there's a lot of things that are kind of uncomfortable, but they also attack certain things head on like um, restroom policy or guns or certain things that are in the mainstream right now and they just kind of hit it with a certain humor and be like, huh, maybe we're kind of blowing some of this out of proportion. Yeah, they... I, I really, 
with kids around, I can't watch that. But I have seen Danny DeVito, I think, is hilarious. And the thing that I loved about that is similar to, like, a Kramer, um, is that they just, they do stuff without really thinking through it at times. And it just, just idiotic. The one of the, the shotgun one. Yeah. And always sunny in Philadelphia. Just like they show, they make a video for it and they sell it anyway. But some of those, it's just the funniest thing, and they're just trying to talk through and make it work in their mind, and it might not really actually work. Um, Parks and Rec is the other one that I've yeah. gotten into a little bit, but it's it's just more certain characters. And uh, <laughs> uh, Alex Swanson, yeah, yep. So, but the, the, that's the same creators as The Office too. And so I've gonna, I really enjoy Parks and Rec. I feel like the later seasons. Like the last season and the first season aren't great, but like the middle chunk is really good. So, and there's a lot of office crossover there that's, yeah, that you guys would like. The Ron Swanson stuff that I think is, he has a lot of those sayings that is, I'll, I'll probably say when you're running through with athletes. A lot of my GAs have taught me a lot of those lines, but then I kind of look back and watch some of those episodes. So, I'd say that one's very good because it, it kind of has a lot of those same qualities with Ron Swanson, at least. And Ron's really good. Yeah. Have you ever seen any of it, Colin? I've not seen Parks and Rec. Uh, you've told me a little bit about the Sunny and Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So I've watched the first season of that, and I'm starting to get into season two. Similar to Joe, I need to watch it when younger eyes and, mm-hmm. and ears are not around. So it's a little tougher in that seg- segment. Uh, but I look forward to it. I mean, it looks like I think I've got on watch on Hulu. I've got a few seasons that I can binge at some point and get caught up on so i'm really looking forward to that and i hear there's a lot of uh, like philly references yeah chase sutley and ryan howard make a cameo at one point um a guy that says he's donovan McNabb clearly isn't donovan (laughs) McNabb is on so i think it's right up my alley so i just need to get into it and keep going with it you'll love it um number three for me i'll round out with silicon valley it was also on hbo um but it's silicon valley so it's based around like tech and computer nerds and guys like that and so they have five or six seven seasons of um their shenanigans and trying to build a successful corporation in uh in california so it's also very funny um but yeah that'll round that out i guess uh as we're wrapping up the show um we're again recording on the 22nd festivus is tomorrow uh prior to wrapping up i feel like we should have the feats of strength so whenever colin can pin joe we'll uh, call it an episode It'll be good. Should not take too long here. The one, uh, <laughs> and I know we're trying to wrap up. I got these, all day. Uh, no, these uh, one that just came out to me that I totally forgot about was seven. The naming the baby seven. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that. That's always. But these are things like when you talk about certain episodes, they'll just kind of all come out. And that's why I was making notes on my phone. Another phrase like you said. I, I promised the widow mantle that I'd call it seven. <laughs> Maybe soda pop is a nice name instead. <laughs> And then the George, the art of seduction with the uh, posing, and Kramer's taking the pictures of him. Um, and then they do an investigation, and the cops are. <laughs> is that the one where, you know, is that when uh, Costanza's dad and Elaine get into the fight? Is that, that that's not that same one, is it? No, it's not. I don't think so. But they're, they're, uh, well, they end up being in trouble with the police because they find his picture rolling. Is that the one where Jerry and George are bootlegging movies? Possibly. And then George puts on his old Letterman's jacket and driving uh, Frank's old car. Yeah. 
yeah, there's a lot of t- a lot of overlap there. Um, Sorry to throw that out there. I know you're trying to. I would say no, this though: yeah. when you control the mail, you control information. <laughs> <laughs> we really haven't right. hit on Newman yeah, that much today. That's have to. Just I mean, good. It, yeah. Fan, he's just fantastic character. Yeah, down the hallway, always popping in. It's a George, Jerry has him storage, and he just has the extra mail in his storage. And he says, "Like, how many are in there?" He says, "Like eight. He's like, "Drag. Like, how can I get all that mail out?" And you know, can compared to my normal bag of one, and he, he has to. It, He's trying to get a transfer to Hawaii, the most sought after, where you don't even lick the stamps. They, you know, they lick themselves, basically. And uh, sorry to go off on that. But the, uh, but the efficiency of Jerry cost, cost him his Newman job. his job because he he's was like, too good. He's 80%. He's like, nobody in <laughs> nobody. <the> postal <laughs> history has got over 50% or something like Ninda. But I love even that sequence where George, or Jerry's walking around the mail outfit from it's Newman's like first year. That's how he got it. He's walking around. He's just handing it to like homeless people, and he's like, "Mail on Sunday." And Jerry <laughs> says, well, "Who knows?" He keeps walking, but they, yeah. And those are things like even throughout the day, even when since we started talking about this, you notice small things, and you're just like, "Man," you go into it. Sorry. To- my my favorite Newman bit is the end of the muffin tops one. They need to get rid of them, and they call in the closer. He comes in with like what a gallon or two of milk and puts it all down and. Just starts eating his muffins. Yeah. <laughs> his muffin stumps. Yeah. I've the, got a Seinfeld ask query for Joe. This is something Matt and I have uh, discussed, but I want to see if, if Joe was hold on. Hold off one second. One second. Why is that? Because I want to say the Rebe- Rebecca de Mornay uh, for the muffin tops. I think is it's a timely one that nobody probably now gets, but you can continue that. But it's like she's obviously a famous actress at that time, and it's a lady that comes in from the homeless shelter with the same name. I thought it was hilarious. Sorry. Go on. Could, could you see this as a Seinfeld bit? Let, let's say we were on an airplane. Mm-hmm. You were sitting in front of me. I'm sitting maybe behind you. Uh, would you at some point put your seat back and recline that? Or because you have someone behind you, would you maybe not recline that? Uh, what would that? this really happen? Um, I usually ask before I recline. But that is a good. It's very much a Seinfeld Let me bit. throw this into you, though. Uh-huh. You're on an eight- or nine-hour plane uh, ride to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. It's expected at that point that someone's going to lean forward in front of you, and you're probably doing the same thing to the person behind, and so on all the way back. So it's a given in that situation. Are you asking? I ask. I, I ask. Every time? I feel like yes, because I feel like I was raised right. But <laughs> to me, And to me, that seems like a, wow. a courtesy. Yeah, would be to do that, and uh, nobody's gonna probably say no. And the thing for it is, the la the last person kind of gets screwed in the very back of the plane because they can't recline, and I think they can, but it's very minimal. And the people up front obviously have enough leg room, and can recline. That just seems like too much. But uh, how much actual space do you lose? Because I don't feel like the actual tray table it doesn't recline back with it, so you are actually just losing about. Just a few Maybe inches up two top. Two inches up top. I think right? you're losing visual space, but not really actual. I mean, from a from a body standpoint, your yeah. feet aren't aren't crouched anymore. You're not, but it's just the the idea of it, of it just back in front of your eyes a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I think the it, the given part where you talk about some people just say it's a given that 
that's your space. You paid for your seat. I can see that. So this comes from last year when the women's basketball team played in Hawaii. And I never recline on flights. Never. It's it's not as far up as taking your shoes off on a plane because you should be kicked off the plane if you do that. But I don't recline. But we're going to Hawaii. It's eight hours. Everybody's tired. I feel like I have that given right. Everybody's going to do it. Just recline a little bit. So I did. And then Collins... Colin responds by putting his foot on my armrest in the van, Ooh. which I feel like is shoe on, shoe on, shoe, absolutely shoe was on. Oh, but still. I don't want the I don't want someone's dirt from the bottom of their shoe on my elbow. No, and even <clears throat> you see those the videos of people putting their feet up in between and putting it up on even in airplanes where they put it that way. But I think it's a courtesy. Yes. I think it's a very nice courtesy and. It kind of sets a good friendship for the flight, too, especially if it's eight hours. What if the person behind you is sleeping? Uh, maybe ask their significant other. <laughs> well, they're by themselves. Then I'd recline. That's what happens. This is just normal Seinfeld stuff that happens in your daily life yeah. and just conversation that happens. As I mean, that's why the show was about nothing, but it was about everything. Because you, whatever happens in life could be taken into a sitcom can be discussed and, i mean we just had fun here for what an hour i mean it didn't seem seem like five ten minutes but Not just having call conversation it, call it fun but we're here for an hour but they um crazy joe devola yeah well the other thing with that it is true i was thinking that i was on that flight too and i'm like man did i recline <laughs> and i usually did i, I do that to somebody because both you guys are looking at me and i didn't usually you guys would look at each other and say like Hmm, that was me. But going back to if they were sleeping, I would see if they were reclined. If they were reclined and sleeping, I would recline myself. But everybody's – I can't sleep sitting straight up in a plane. Can't I do guess. it. No. So I'm I can't a, base it off of what their preference is. Yeah, and I'm a side sleeper too, and usually hopefully it's my wife to my side or my kids where I can lean. I might get a crank in my neck, but I can't sleep forward. Some people can do that on the tree table. I can't. Yeah. If anything, I sit there and my head falls, and then I catch it and I pop it, mm-hmm. and that's super uncomfortable. Yeah, and on athletics with the buses, it's very similar too. You can recline a little bit. Um, I'm usually up front of the bus with athletic trainer on our football trips, and then there's like somebody that's like six six behind you, so your their knees in your back anyway, so you can't really recline that way. And then you have to check with Liz or Matt Canella, whoever I'm traveling, sitting next to, and ask if I can prop something up there it's a different different travel did you ever eat junior mints before watching seinfeld uh i think i probably did but it was a good addition to the show yeah. great great surgery scene junior mint saved the day it did i never had one until never, i'm like okay. I'll, I'll give it a try it is very refreshing very i think i tried them after that so i don't know if it was advertising for them those are other things I see in old shows is they have a lot of advertising. And even with uh, Merv Griffin, were they drinking Diet Coke or something, Diet Pepsi, yeah. and, and intermission, I'm like, did that always happen like earlier? But there, there's product placement, even the Kenny, Kenny Rogers stuff. A lot of Snapple on the show, too. They love Snapple, yeah. Superman, cereal. Yeah. There's a lot. Guys appreciate coming in and doing this. Maybe next year we can do Seinfeld again, The Office, uh, you know, Parson and Rec or MASH or anything. Yeah. So Yeah, and I don't know how many people will listen to this. but I mean, I'll listen, so we'll get one probably. Yeah, yeah, we'll check one. <laughs> but I wonder if, like, you get some feedback of other episodes. That, 
you know yeah. there has to be and that's the same thing we just talked about is it brings up so many different ideas of different stuff could this be the longest Bearcat Rewind podcast in the history of Bearcat Rewind? I think it is, because we mm. usually stick to that 10 to 15, maybe 20 minutes, uh, mm. something that's just a bite size you can get on a run or a short that's drive. Right. I didn't think we could stick to that today with, with the amount of material that you go through in the show. I, I mean, because we're, we're not just dealing with one show. If we'd right. have picked one show, we, I mean, 20 minutes is still short for that. We're, we're talking about nine seasons. Not, I mean, come on. Yeah. You can't shortchange that. What? Uh, I think next time we talk about Seinfeld – and the people in the athletic department, like a Rose, like Mark Rosewell, like where would he be? How he matches up? Yeah, and like even, I don't know. I could see it's a little Costanza in Rose. Yeah, I'll just throw my wife under the bus there and just say, like, you know, is she, you know, some of the similarities to Elaine and stuff would be kind of funny, or the people with different quirks that, you know. George or Jerry Dates, I think there'd be kind of some funny things. <laughs> I think little, Kelly gets a little bit of a fast talker in her, too. Oh, yeah. Not. Yep. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, whoa, slow down there. I got to think of something that'd be funny and not get me in trouble, so I'll probably just bite my tongue right now. But it. next year, I'll think about it, and I bet you I can talk about more about that. <laughs> but, yeah. We'll get the disclaimer to have everybody sign something uh-huh. to say they won't be offended to what, what we say. Yeah. And those are the... You know, the bizarre world, it, it, those kind of things where you actually see what they actually act like. And the bizarro friends where Elaine, some of those things where she shoves the guy, says, get out. And, that, and you're like, man, they do do that together. And <laughs> some of the things, I want to read a book or. Jerry Seinfeld has a new book out. Is, like, this, is this anything? Yeah. So. My buddy that recorded, and when I called him last week and talked to him about this, they recorded all the videos, said, look into it it's good. So. awesome guys thanks for coming on thank Appreciate you for chat it was fun we'll do it again sometime yeah i just need to pin him right now so give me a chance okay just wrap him up in a headlock and take him down i want to just work on the errands of grievances or whatever that's, one of my, <laughs> <laughs> that's what i want to talk to you about first colin so but. well thanks everybody for, for tuning in listening to this week's episode of bearcat rewind with joe quinlan and colin mcdonough that's going to wrap things up for us check out some of our previous episodes we've had ben mccollum joel osborne rich wright uh, wayne cavati of ncaa.com and many more on so check out those episodes as well and please subscribe rate review and tell your friends about the podcast i'm matt tritton we will talk to you again next time